Welcome into the Touchdown City Show, and this is Chill Sun with Avon Coburn. I'm Anthony Lewis in the Stone Church studio with the GOAT, Avon Coburn. Avon, how you doing, man? I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see our boys go out and do their thing again. So this week, and as we talked last week, we talked about competition in a running back room. And the first thing that really stood out to me this week was Mathis, when he fumbled, Coach Brown pulled him right out of the game immediately. And all the carries, we talked about competing for carries. The carries went to Donaldson and Johnson. Donaldson finished the week or finished the game against Virginia Tech with 23 carries, and Justin Johnson had 11 carries where Mathis had nine. Mm-hmm. And and it's funny, it's funny, I'm, we're going to get there, but it's funny how he does that. But when we have a receiver um, that drops the, a key pass, the first thing they do is give him back the ball. But I understand we have we have uh, we have competition as Bruin, and that was a mistake uh, that you know he felt like couldn't be couldn't be overcome. But at the same time, it, it kind of shows the 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 what is that called when when the shit, what is that called when when the they momentum? No, not the momentum. As far as like how they feel about a player, like it, it, expendability, like they. The running backs are expendable. They've got they, options. They got options. I mean, we have options at receiver too, but they still didn't take him out when he dropped the ball for a pick. What that says to me is they have confidence in all three of these tailbacks. Right. And where maybe they don't have 100% confidence in all those The new receivers. young receivers. Yeah, I mean, but again, in my mind from that, when he put the ball on the turf, that just was like, okay, this is, this is time to give this guy, Donaldson, his opportunity – to go out and do what he needs to do. Um, I was super excited by the way that he he played. Um, There's a couple plays, I mean, just being a not playing a position. Uh, sometimes, I mean, he he I don't think he understands the size that he has and and you know what he can what he can do. He could fall for it for five yards. Uh, was a couple third and third and shorts that I think he should have gotten by just putting his foot in the ground and and getting it. But him not, you know, his experience is gonna gonna hurt us in in, in some aspects of the game because. He's just never played the position. But, you know, they got a good running back coach, and I expect him to, you know, show him these on film what he should have done, which which I think he he will do, you know, and get better. There were a couple of things that, again, that he missed. And it's funny watching him. It's just like you can tell he's just a football player. He, he does things like, for instance, he runs straight up and down. Right. And once he gets comfortable in the position, he will no longer run straight right. up and down. Yeah, he got hit in the mouth. Yeah. He got hit in the mouth. Like, it, during contact, like, you got to lower your pad level. Yeah. And, I mean, he got the guy kicked out, but, you know, it, he he runs straight up. I mean, he's a tall guy. When you're tall like that, you have to be able to, you know, he the coach got to put him in the shoots, you know, especially during contact. And that's a drill that when you have a bigger back – you're supposed to put him in the shoots, and then when he comes out of the bag, when he comes out of the shoot, have a little blocking bag there, which will allow him, will will make him lower his pad level so that when he goes into contact, his pad level is down so he can definitely fall forward into it. So that that's he's going to learn. I mean, obviously, he probably got a concussion the way the dude hit him in the mouth. Um, but at the same time, you know, like you say, he's a funny runner because he's never played running back before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to watch him develop over the next few years as he becomes more – obviously, he's a tailback now. Absolutely. <laughs> he's yeah, a tailback. Yeah, he, he's, he's got the mold. I mean, that's gonna he's going to get a lot of money um, playing um, tailback. And he's one of those guys that, that I think going forward um, will have a great opportunity to go to the next level. 
Um, and again, would you say he had twenty? He had twenty three carries, and I think he had about three. He had about three or four catches, so he had about like twenty five, twenty six touches total, which I think you know a starting back should have. Now, which brings up another point: they took Matt, um, um, Tony Mathis, Tony Mathis out to to bring Donaldson in after that, right after he fumbled. Um, well, they put the other guy in, Justin Johnson, who had a really, really good game, put his foot in the ground. Um, I, I like the way Mathis ran. Like, he he was a lot more decisive than he was in previous games. But when he put the ball on the turf, it kind of – it hurt It hurt, It hurt. hurt his his chances of getting on the field. The, the, the offensive line played well the other night. I really graded them out really high just watching them. I thought they played well. The interior offensive line – is kicking ass and taking names. Absolutely. Um, so that obviously runs opens up running lanes for these guys. And I thought Johnson, when he got, we talked, well, we've talked about it. It's about the opportunities. He's, mm-hmm. You know, Johnson probably was not on the slate to get that many carries. He ended up getting 11 carries. He probably would have been in the five or six range. Right. But with the fumble, you know, he took, he took or earned carries. And now Absolutely. moving forward, I think he earns more carries because the kid ran for seven and a half yards of carry. So how do you not go with the hot hand moving forward against Texas? I mean, they're they're they are the they're going to be the two guys, and, and it's crazy because when you're in that room and you know everybody knows what happened, like when he fumbled, he didn't go back in the game. So now that's a conversation that I hope the coach has with him, like, hey, you know, we all we all have to take advantage of our opportunities, and you know, you gave it up. Like right now, I mean, he know he was on the bubble. Like the way he was pressing in the first couple games, everybody knew he was on the bubble, and now. You know he's he's off the bubble. He's moved to the back of the line, mm-hmm. and now we got those other two that's going to come out and and make plays and you know have an opportunity. I, in my opinion, I think you know when when you're a starter and you know the coach gives you the nod to say you're my guy, it's going to be it gives you a lot more confidence to say hey you don't have to look over your shoulder. You know when 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 you're tired, you come out, you go back in. That that says something to your to your body. Like your body says okay, I ain't got to worry about competing you know, who, if I'm going to start or not. Now I just got to go out and just play my game. And it, it's going to, it's going to be, you're going to see the difference in, in, and it could be good or bad because of the, the level of player. He's a true freshman. So we hoping, I'm hoping that this young guy goes out and plays still as hard as he can because he's a starter, you know, and have the same confidence that he had as, you know, coming off the bench and have the same and press it the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, and, the good thing about having multiple guys in the room is, for instance, and we all held our breath because he took that shot to the arm. Right. And when the replay, it looked nasty. Right. A broken arm, he's out six weeks, and he's out for the season. Basically, he doesn't come back till December. So having guys in the room as a coaching staff, that, that helps you kind of – we're going to do what we need to do. We don't have to protect guys. We can do right. whatever we want with these guys because we've got three of them. And it's not to make people sound expendable, but at the same time, um, it's it's just a, a luxury to have solid running backs in a running back room. I'm kind of old school, and the fact that we have three running backs that I feel could start uh, makes me extremely happy. It does. I mean, it, it makes you – yeah, when he got when he got hurt, I didn't know what it was because I was actually at an event. I had to watch it again, and I just skipped over the part. Like, when he went down, I just went to the next play because I was watching my backs. 
uh, my backs. I was watching the backs do what they do, so I just skipped it on. But when he got hurt, I didn't. I thought it was his knee actually. I didn't know it was his arm, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't even. I didn't. I heard it. I heard it like after the fact when he when he came out. They they said that he was his wrist or whatever. But like you said, man, it gives you it gives you confidence to say, hey, whoever's in the game, we can run our game plan, and it allows you to to continue to to push and press the the players to be better. And competition is always better than no competition regardless of of what position what you know what game we're playing if you got somebody that, that is competing you're going to get the best out of everybody and just to having three guys that can go and do it on a level that like you said can start it, it's it's I, I love it I love it and, I, and I'm glad we do have it switching gears a little bit obviously can you believe it's been 20 years since you guys went to Blacksburg and knocked them off. It's actually the last time West Virginia's won in, in Blacksburg was 20 years ago wow. when you guys went down and did it. Uh, what's it like holding that Black Diamond trophy up on the other t- on in Blacksburg? You know what, boss? I don't think we had the Black Diamond trophy. Oh yeah, we did. I never held it up. I didn't, I didn't even know we had it. Like I was <laughs> I was so I was I felt so crazy just winning there. Like and I had a whole different thing going on. My pelvis was all messed up, so I was like I was just happy to get out there with a win. I never, I never had a chance to hold it up. So, uh, I mean, and maybe it was a little bit different than what it was now. I think we did have. Oh, it. you know what? I, I bet you, it was they had to go and get it from the other side. I bet hmm. you Tech had to transfer it over because they won the year before in Morgantown. Right, right. So I bet someone had to go get it. And this year it was already on our sideline. So yeah, the so guys they, just went and grabbed it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't even know where it was at. I knew we had. I knew we had something, but I don't think it was that same trophy. That they have now. Um, if it was, I didn't see it. Yeah, it, it probably got transferred. And just thinking back on that, and obviously um, we've we've obviously talked about it the last few weeks on this show and on the radio show. But uh, it's still, when I think back to that night, you know, you talk about the biggest wins in, in school history, and that one just is up there with on, on my list. Just due to the fact that the way that game – kind of changed the momentum of the program at the time right I, yeah that that was it was a huge win it was a huge win it didn't feel that way when I was playing because I, I just felt like we were supposed to win but what it did after the fact I mean it gave us so much confidence um to to know that we can win all the rest of them which which we did so it was it was a it was a big win man and the program changed and and it just makes you think about the things that things that came from us winning and beating Virginia Tech as far as moving forward, what what do you think? I mean, if you were coaching those running backs, who's your guy? Who who are you putting out there first? And obviously, on the radio show, I talked to you guys about, you know, obviously Donaldson is still not in in playing shape. He's getting there, mm-hmm. uh, but I personally like him inside the scoring zone. I think it, that's a good time to switch to him when you get it because you can throw it to him and you can do other things with him, but where would you give him, would you just trot him out on the 25 first play of the game? First play of the game. I mean, and and what I would do to prepare him for that is I would kill him during the week. Like I would, he would take every rep, every rep during the week, he would get it. And again, that's just a different mindset of, of when I played and and now I don't even know, they have so much analytics on, on how things work and when they're, Bodies of stress, so that might not be the best thing. But what I would do is I would give him I would give him the crown and say, "Hey, this is yours." But here's here's the thing here's the thing on how Neil Brown what he's what he's done. You know, if if you know Donaldson the freshman goes out and fumbles, he shouldn't play the rest of the game. 
he shouldn't play. But he set the tone. He set the president. So if he doesn't keep that up now, that you know that that to me is very hypocritical, because I, in my mind, I think he did that because he wanted Donaldson to play. But if Donaldson fumbles, then he needs to sit on the bench because that's what that's what the precedence is. So for me. Uh, again, I, I think he should play, but you know this this guy. He's he's a freshman. He's gonna make mistakes. And are you gonna are you gonna hold him to the same, you know, the same responsibilities you did as you did Mathis? So so you know, let's look let's look and see how that works because you know there's gonna. I mean, he's a freshman. He's gonna make mistakes. So so you know how how is he gonna be punished when that happens? Yeah, I'm just looking forward to this this weekend. You know, obviously you got to go to Austin. And I'm not so sure that these guys have been, you know, they've. I don't know if they know what to expect in Austin because I don't think anybody on this really in the running back room has been. Has, Mathis, uh, was, was he there? I think two he, years yeah, ago? he was there. Yeah. So, but the good thing about it is the the guys have already been through Pittsburgh. That was a loud game all the way through. Right. Blacksburg started loud. You just put your foot on their throat and it was over. Right. They were leaving with nine minutes to go, which was great to see. But, you know, you got to kind of do the same thing in Austin. You're going to have to take the crowd out of it because they put a hundred thousand in that place. Yeah. That's going to be insane. I've never, I've never played, played it, you know, at, at that stadium and just thinking about how many people. And I, I mean, I remember when, when I played and, and Rich Rod, remember when I played, um, Rich Rod would say some of these, some of these, you know, like Michigan, he didn't say that, but he's saying like the older historic stadiums, they have a, a wine and cheese crowd. He was saying that about Virginia when we played them. He's like, they're going to bring their people down from Virginia and have their wine and cheese. And I, I think a lot of times when you get those big historic, you know, type of a type of stadiums, they don't have the rowdiness as a as a Mountaineer field has that where, you know, we are 100 percent you know, drinking beer and, and cussing and, and having a good time. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know if, if what type of crowd. It, I've never been to Austin. Have you been to Austin before? I've never been to Austin, but I do remember going to uh, Wisconsin, and I thought their stadium was loud. I think they hold about 80. Yeah, no, And I thought crazy. it was loud there, and we were lucky because we were playing at 11 a.m. local time. It wasn't a 3.30 or a night game. Right. So and they probably really weren't into it because it's West Virginia from the Big East, right? But um, but it was still loud. Yeah, no, it uh, it was loud, but I don't know. I don't know how you know what the crowd is going to be, but I'm pretty sure 100,000 people is going to be a little bit. Res- and, and and going back to that, you know, with a lot of people, we didn't have very many. I think we had what two two false start penalties. Um, one was pretty costly, but um, but the but you know. That's that's the only concern I have. I, I don't I don't believe because we're standing next to the quarterback. When the ball comes, that's when we go. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's going to be more for our old line and how they prepare for it. But again, you, it it should be something for them to experience. But you know, focus on the game too. All right. Well, thank you guys this, for downloading this week's episode of Chill Sun with Avon Coburn. I'm Anthony Lewis, and don't forget, make sure you swing by your favorite podcast platform. Hit subscribe. And also, you can review the show. We appreciate you checking out this week's episode of Chill Sun. Chill Sun. Let's go!